welcome back, y'all, to The Right Heart, a podcast that deals with the questions and struggles we all encounter in the everyday life of faith. You are listening to episode 19. I'm Erin Franco, and I'm here with you this evening with a cup of water in hand because I have a terrible cough right now, and so my voice is a little scratchy. You'll notice that I sound a lot more cheerful, and my voice will sound better in the actual interview because I am recording this intro after I finished the interview. So I think you're going to love this one, and I would love to know what inspired you or challenged you or really encouraged you. You can shoot me an email, learn more about me, find show notes for the podcast, all kind of stuff at erinfranco.com. Thank you so much for listening today, and I really hope you enjoy the episode. I am joined on the right heart today by Catholic author, blogger, speaker, and new media expert, Brandon Vaught. I have been following Brandon for a few years now, and he is the real deal, a fantastic guy doing fantastic things for the church and the new evangelization. He and his beautiful wife have four adorable children and one on the way, I just found out recently. Brandon has written four books and has had his work featured all over Catholic and secular media. He's the content director for Bishop Robert Barron's Word on Fire Catholic Ministries as well. Brandon has really done way too much for me to keep listing out in my introduction here, but it's all at his site, brandonvot.com. that's V-O-G-T.com, and let me tell you, his site is worth a visit. This is a great guy. So Brandon, welcome to the right heart. Well, thank you so much, Erin. It's a delight to be here. Thank you. I am thrilled to have you come on the show tonight. Like I said, I've been admiring your work for so long. And I was talking to you before the show. I was planning to ask you to thank your sweet wife for putting all the kids to bed before, so you could come on the show because it's uh, 7 p.m. CST tonight. But Brandon informed me that everyone except for himself was asleep by the time I called him. So good job. He's like a super yeah. dad. No, <laughs> I don't know about that. I think they all just got tired out and found themselves in bed. But as you said, when we were talking, you know, behind every good podcast or website or any product or resource or creation, there's a good helper, a good wife who's, or a good husband who's putting all the kids <laughs> down. So our topic for the show tonight is actually really timely. It's something that had been on my heart already. And then I found out that Brandon Vaught has just released Return. It's video series, it's a book, it's resources for people who have family or friends or people that they know who have fallen away, how to help them find the Catholic faith, learn more about it, and speak to them even. So, Brandon, could you get just give us a little rundown of what Return is and all of the work that you've been putting into this project over the past year? Great question. So about a year ago, um, I started thinking about what the next project I was going to work on. I was, I was praying through a few different ideas that I had, but uh, a lot of things sort of culminated that pointed me toward this particular niche. Uh, one of them was that the Pew Research Survey came out. Uh, the Pew Research Group, every seven years, they create this religious landscape survey where they survey over 30,000 Americans to see what's the religious pulse of the country. So they released it every seven years. They did one in 2007. They conducted one in 2014. And then in the middle of 2015, they published the 2014 results. So these statistics came out, and 
they were pretty disheartening for most religious people, but for Catholics especially, they were very dire. So three statistics stuck out to me. Number one was that 50%, exactly 50%, 50.0% of young people who were raised in the Church, so 20 and 30-somethings today who were raised in the Church as children, 50% of them no longer identify as Catholic. Oh, wow. So think about that. That means that 50% of the of the kids that you've seen baptized over the last 20 or 30 years, half of them are gone. Half of the kids you've seen confirmed over the last 20 or 30 years, they're gone. Half of the young people you've seen married in your church are gone. So that's, to me, a, a huge tragedy. The second statistic was that 79% of the people who leave, so 79% of, of the half of young people who leave, leave before age 23. So we're not talking about disgruntled, middle-aged adults who are leaving because they're fed up with the changes of Vatican II. We're <laughs> talking about young people in their teenage years and their young adult college years. This is the sort of pivotal time when, when people leave the Catholic Church. And then finally, the third startling statistic was, was the uh, loss-gain ratio. So this is the ratio of people who leave your re- religious tradition divided by the number of people who enter your religious tradition. So most, most uh, Christian traditions had a positive loss-gain ratio, which means that they're losing more people than they're gaining. Uh, but the Catholic Church had the worst loss-gain ratio of any faith, and even any non-faith, the worst ratio of, than atheists, than agnostics, than Protestants, than the Eastern churches, than evangelicals, than any other religious community. Our ratio was 6.45. So that means that for every one person walking in the front door of your parish, 6.45 are walking out the back. And that that's kind of masked in our country because of immigration, which covers some of the losses that we're seeing. But if you take away the immigration factor, we're hemorrhaging people from the Catholic Church. So this religious landscape survey got me thinking that we got to do something about this. This is the greatest statistical problem in the Church. If we don't solve this problem, then in 20, 30, 40 years, our Church is going to be decimated in the United States. So I wanted to do something to help solve that problem. And then a couple other factors came in. Uh, one of them was that I run strangenotions.com, which is a website where Catholics and atheists dialogue. And I noticed that many of the atheists that were present on the site were former Catholics who left the Catholic Church as young people. So as atheism continues to rise, it's mainly due to young people who have wandered away from the Catholic Church. And then also as a millennial, I'm 29, you know, most of my friends, if they have any religious background, most of them came from a Catholic background and then left the Church. I'm one of the Mm -hmm. rare people who actually takes my faith seriously. So all of these factors swirling around sort of pointed me to this return project. And so this project includes a 16-part video series. It includes a book. It includes video interviews. It includes um, DVDs and books and CDs that you can give to people who have left the Church. And the whole thing is aimed primarily at parents and grandparents. So that's the demographic I've honed in on, that if you're a parent who has a son or a daughter, or if you're a grandparent who has a grandchild who's left the Church, this is the resource you need. It gives you all the tips, the strategies, the advice, the tools that you need to help draw your child or grandchild back to the Church.
What a fantastic project. I know so many people in my acquaintance or family members, kind of in those college years, it sounds like a lot of the statistics are pointing to that age group. And then, of course, parents who have adult children who've left the faith. And it's so painful and so confusing. And um, I'm, I just can't imagine living with that kind of struggle. And this sounds like such a godsend for a lot of people out there. So let me ask you, Brandon, in your research that you did and talking to people, did you find that there seemed to be a consensus or any kind of research about maybe some overall kind of problems or fundamental problems with catechesis for people who grew up Catholic? You know, what kind of problems do you think might have contributed to why there's such a strong statistic of falling away from the Catholic Church? That's a great question, Erin, and it's, it's one of the main things I wanted to figure out through the research of this book, is there's a lot of statistics sort of floating out there, but as far as I knew, there wasn't really one source that pulled in all the statistics on fallen away Catholics. And thankfully, um, the Pew Research study that I mentioned, they surveyed 30,000 people, and a sizable number of them were former Catholics. Several dioceses have commissioned their own exit surveys, where they reach out to people who no longer attend Mass, and they ask questions like, well, well, why did you leave? Or what pulled or mm-hmm. pushed you away from the Church? So we have a lot of data that really hasn't been sort of collected and analyzed in one place, but that's what I try to do in the book um, and the video series. And some of the things that I found was that the two most common reasons why young people drift away from the Church, number one, is that, uh, and this was by far the most common, roughly 70 to 80 percent of people who drift away will cite this as one of the reasons. They say that, I just wasn't spiritually fed. I didn't find any reason to stay. It wasn't fulfilling my life. Now, on the surface, that sounds a little discouraging to people like you and me and a lot of the listeners who we find deep fulfillment and value in the sacraments and the Church we know that Jesus feeds us uh, himself through the, the sacrifice of the Mass. And so we're, we're a little sort of frustrated and discouraged that, well, how could they not understand, you know, that Jesus wants to feed them through his Church, through his sacraments? And so it could be a little discouraging, but on the positive side, that's a fairly easy problem to solve, because usually if somebody feels they aren't being fed in the Church, there's some sort of disconnect when it comes to catechesis. They don't really understand what's going on at the Mass. They don't understand how the, the sacraments work. And so, to me, that's a good sign, because it's a, it's a fairly easy problem to solve. The second big reason why people typically drift away from the Church is um, one of the big personal or moral objections. So, I list out several in my book, and talk about how to respond to each of them, but um, you have what John Allen Jr. calls the, the pelvic issues, so things <laughs> concerning um, uh, abortion, contraception, divorce, mm-hmm. homosexuality, uh, in vitro fertilization, all the, the swirling sort of uh, cycle of, of moral issues. Those cause people to leave, not necessarily because they disagree with the Church's teaching on that issue, but because they've chosen to live a certain way, and they know that their lifestyle is incompatible with uh, church practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so those moral issues play a role. And then the personal issues, um, things like, uh, you know, I had a really bad experience at this parish, or with this priest, or with this Catholic, and I never 
would ever go back there again. Um, or um, I, you know, I had this terrible tragedy in my life. A family member died, or I've experienced some some deep suffering, and I, I just can't believe that there's a, an all loving, all powerful God who would have allowed that to happen. And so I, I could never go back to church or believe in God again. So these are some of the most popular reasons, but it's always good to emphasize that every person is unique, and that's a it's a mistake to go in and assume that. The, the reasons why many people leave the church are the reasons why your child or your friend or your coworker has left the church. So that's why in the video series and book, I, I counsel people and help them um, with, with skills that they can use to sort of draw out the reasons why that particular person they're, they're relating to has left the church. So asking questions like, you know, uh, you know, I know you were raised Catholic, but and then now you don't practice. So what, you know, what happened? What changed? Was there a, a, a pivotal moment that took you on a new course, or did you kind of drift away over time? And if you drifted away over time, you know, what what could you see maybe that would pull you back to the church? Like what would uh, what would appeal to you? Is there something the church teaches that you wish would change, or you know, is there an experience that you wish you would have had in the church? What, what would what would maybe turn the trajectory around a little bit? So questions like this help you get to the root of why people actually leave the church. And I love that you I love that you are talking about specific ways to help people learn to speak with sensitivity and with charity about this topic because it is so sensitive. You, you really have to make sure that you make people feel like you respect them and you respect that they... They made a decision as an adult, and um, I think charity is always a good place to start <laughs> with speaking, and um, I'm so glad to hear that that's in there. I think that's a fantastic resource that maybe a lot of people wouldn't think about. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Aaron. I mean, if you, it doesn't matter what you say if you come across as, as sort of condescending or dismissive or you think that the reasons they've given for leaving the church are just are bad and and uh and not substantial uh anything like this where uh you you come across that way it's just going to turn them off to anything that you say and so you could have great arguments great reasons you could fully understand the catholic faith and be able to articulate it but as saint paul says without love without charity you're just Mm -hmm. a clashing gong or a clanging cymbal So in your research, Brandon, did you find that there were any kind of general childhood experiences or traditions in the family or even parenting styles that seemed to play into whether a child was more or less likely to fall away from the church once they hit those college years and beyond? Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a lot of great research from uh, a group of uh, sociologists at Notre Dame who have published a trilogy of books um, on the religious and spiritual lives of uh, preteens, teens, and young adults. Um, they're spearheaded by a Catholic named Dr. Christian Smith, um, and they're kind of academic, uh, so I won't go all, all into the details, but the, one of the central findings of this trilogy, in fact, in the conclusion to the final book, they say like this may be the most important finding that we found. It's that parents are the biggest determining factor in whether a young person maintains their faith during this transition period from sort of the childhood preteen years to young adulthood. 
and they list several things that parent that the parents of those who had strong faith as as ad- young adults uh, demonstrated, and so. Um, many of them are obvious. So things like if you're a parent and you're regularly going to Mass, if you practice your faith openly, if you have uh, an evident prayer life, so not just you know prayers before meals or the occasional prayer when you need help, but if you have a consistent prayer life that your child is aware of, if the language that you use confirms that you believe that Jesus really acts in this world and that He's a real living uh, being whom you can interact with and relate to. That has a huge impact on your child. But on the flip side, if Mass is a mere obligation that you go through each week and that you really don't see the purpose of it any more than your child does, if you don't discuss or display any religious devotion throughout the week, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have, if you can't give any good reasons why you'd practice the religion you do or or the specific devotions you do, all of these have a negative impact. And it would, it's typically no surprise that a child raised in an environment like that grows up to have no good reason to remain Catholic. So most of the studies confirm this, the common sense notion that if, if you're a parent of a young person, you are the most important factor in their future religiosity. Now, that can be a little disconcerting for parents because it puts some pressure on them, but it can also Mm -hmm. be quite liberating to know that you can play, you can have a serious influence on the, what the strength of your child's religious life. If you, if you live out the church's faith well in your daily life in a committed, intentional way, then that will inevitably rub off on your children. But at the same time, I know as a parent of younger children, and my children are six and under, it is so humbling to think that there really isn't a magic formula, really, for ensuring that my kids are, you know, there's no staying Catholic insurance that I can do now other than do the best that I can to pass on my faith and, and do kind of all of these these kind of basic kind of things that you were talking about. So what can you say to encourage parents that, yes, our kids have free will, but there's no, you know, silver bullet or magic formula, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. In the video series and, and book, I have a whole chapter, whole video lesson on the five big myths about falling away Catholics. And one of the myths is, hey, I did X, Y, Z, you know, shouldn't that have been enough? Like, shouldn't that have Mm -hmm. ensured that they, I I took them to Mass, I sent them to Catholic schools, we prayed each night, you know, we did all these things. So what happened? I thought that was supposed to work. (laughs) And and I, I answer very much the same way that you did, that these things, what they do is they create the best possible environment for your child to have a strong and thriving faith. They don't guarantee it because of the factor you mentioned, free will. All of us have to make the choice on our own, whether we accept this faith as something central and uh, and, and part of our core identity, or, or whether it's just something that we sort of brush off as we move into adulthood. And then you combine that with all the external factors that are beyond our control as parents, things like um, the friends they make, the shows they watch, the books they read, the messages mm-hmm. they get from the culture. Much of this is is sort of battling against all the positive influence we're trying to put in their lives. And so it's not as easy as saying, yeah, you do X, Y, Z, and they come out the other end of the funnel as a fully formed 
devout Catholic, but mm-hmm. these, these things do give it, I think, the best shot. And for parents um, who feel discouraged because they've tried, they've tried their best, they've tried to do these things, and their kids still, you know, don't believe in God or don't want to go to church or don't want to have anything to do with Catholicism, I, I do want to offer a word of encouragement that even when it seems hopeless, even when you're despairing, know a few things. One, God will never give up on your child. He loves your child more than you do. He wants him back in his church more than you do. And so there's never a reason for utter despair or hopelessness. And even if you think it's impossible that your child could ever have a strong and thriving faith, it's not impossible for God. And the second thing is, all these practices that we've talked about, keep at them, because again, they they create the best possible environment for your child to come back to the church or to grow up with a strong and thriving faith. They don't guarantee it, but they give them the best possible chance. So don't discount them and don't give up on them. So for a parent, so if you're talking to a parent who came up to you and said, my college-age student has fallen away from the church and she broke my heart, what would you, are you saying that you would really encourage her to say, don't give up? live your faith out strongly now, do all of those things that you wish that you would have known to do or that you chose not to do or for whatever reason didn't do as well as you wish you would have when she was growing up. Is that what you're saying you would encourage her? Yeah, I think that's the first piece of the puzzle, but it's not the last. So I think as we've kind of hit on several times in this podcast, the key is to living a holy life because holiness attracts more than any argument, uh, more than any other sorts of overtures. So live a holy life, and that'll be the, the best thing that you can do. But it's not the only thing you can do. So in the, in the return project, I have a whole game plan, what I call the return game plan, which lists sort of step-by-step uh, uh, moves that I think you should make if, if you're serious about trying to draw your child either back to the church or deeper into the church. So I'll, I'll briefly run through them. The first one is prayer, fasting, and sacrifice. And it sounds cliche, but it's absolutely the ground of anything else you can do. If you're not praying for your child every day, pray for them. If you're not offering small sacrifices throughout the day for your child, do that. Now, I don't mean you have to be super pious and you have to stand on a pillar all day or you have to give up all food for two weeks straight, like some saints were purported to do. (laughs) But make small sacrifices. Maybe you go without a cup of coffee. Maybe Instead of uh, supersizing your next meal at McDonald's, you downsize. You know, maybe you skip out on Netflix for tonight. And when you make these small sacrifices, you say, Lord, I'm, I'm offering this sacrifice for the sake of my child. I want them to know you more. I want them to come back to the faith. So small sacrifices and fasting. So that's after living a holy life. That's the first step, prayer, fasting, and sacrifice. Um, and then I encourage parents to plant seeds. So even before you open up a conversation about the faith with your child, plant seeds of love and trust. Your child needs to know that you love and trust them, that you want what's best for their life before they'll hear a word that you have to say about religion. So sometimes that means healing a broken relationship. If you and your child have had a falling out, you need to heal that breach. If uh, if your child are on good terms, that still may mean affirming that you love them, no matter what decisions they make, even if they don't want to go to church, even if they reject Catholicism, you still love them unconditionally. That affirmation paves the way for them listening to you later on. That's the second step. 
The third step is to begin opening a dialogue about the faith. And you do this by asking lots and lots of questions. You don't come to them saying, why don't you go to Mass? you got to get back to Mass right now. You ask questions like, you know, I'm very, I'm really curious. You know, I know you haven't been going to Mass in a while. I know that you're not really too fond of the Catholic Church, but I just want to learn more about, you know, your religious experiences and your feelings, your thoughts. I haven't really talked to you about this before. So I mean, what, do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about the Church? What do you think about Pope Francis? Um, asking questions like this will begin to draw out the sensitive uh, turning points that maybe cause your child to, to leave the Church or maybe holding them back for a, from a deeper relationship with God. So then after you ask these questions, then you move on to uh, the fourth step, which is trying to steer those conversations toward uh, healing the, the wounds that have kept them away from the Church. So, so honing in on the, the real issues that are keeping them away. Maybe it's a personal issue, a moral issue, like the ones we discussed. Maybe it's a theological issue. Maybe it's just a misunderstanding about some key doctrine. So targeting those and then solving uh, whatever obstacles or dilemmas that they have. And then finally, you want to close the loop. Once you have a, a child who is either drawing back to the church, or maybe you have a young child like ours who's sort of on the cusp of, of really understanding the faith, you want to make sure that you close the loop between them and the Lord. You want to say things like, you know, I know that you've become a lot more open toward the church, but what do you think about coming with me and we'll, we'll go um, meet Father Jim at the parish and and maybe formally reunite you with the church, whether that means going to confession or, or working through the RCIA classes, but I want to help you become fully reconciled with the church. So, yeah, to, that's a long-winded way to answer your question. The first and most important thing is to live a holy life, but it's not the only thing. There, there are uh, specific, practical things that you can do to help lead a friend or a family member back to the church, and that's kind of what I highlight in this uh, return project. Brandon, this was absolutely fantastic. I'm listening to you kind of go through these very practical steps, and that is so needed that, you know, to get away from the theory and away from the, the problem and just talking about the problem and getting to the in charity, the practical things that we can say and do to bring those people that we love and we love their souls. We, we want the best for them to bring those people back into the fold. Absolutely wonderful. I'm so excited about this project and thank you for your work on it. Thank you. Thank you. I hope it'll help a lot of people. I, I didn't mention this at the beginning when you kind of asked what drew me to this project, but one other factor is I, I speak around the country at different conferences and events throughout the year several times, and the most common question that I get in the Q&A, regardless of whatever topic I'm speaking on, is some form of my son, my daughter went off to college, they came back home, and they, they don't believe in God or they don't go to church. What do I do? Yeah. What do I say? So there's there's thousands and thousands of despairing parents out there who want to help, who want to do something to help their child come back to the faith, but they don't know what to do. They're at a loss. And so I really hope that this return project is going to help a lot of parents in that situation. And, you know, a question that just came to my mind actually about the structure of, of the materials is, is it structured so that you're able to 
to view it and, and use it and read it individually in your home personally or or and can you do it in a parish setting, you know, in a small group at a parish? Yeah, yeah, you can definitely do either. So it's okay. a it's a video series um, which you can watch the videos and then we have discussion questions and stuff or uh, a book that you can do on your own. So either okay. would work great. Okay, wonderful. I'm so happy to be able to spread the word about this project. It sounds absolutely fantastic and I'd really love to to re- to view it and read everything myself too. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brandon. I am going to let you go. I appreciate you coming on The Right Heart. You did a fantastic interview with me tonight. Oh, thank you, Erin. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's a wrap for this episode. If you want to get in touch with Brandon or learn more about The Return Project, the book, or the video series, check out Brandon's website at brandonvot.com. That's V-O-G-T for Vot. And if you need to get in touch with me or want to leave a review or check out the show notes for this episode, head over to AaronFranco.com and click on the podcast button and you will get sent over to the TheRightHeartPodcast.com and you can find everything you need from there. Thank you guys so much for listening, for giving the show a chance. Thank you to everybody who emails me and leaves a review and leaves comments on the site. It means so much and I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time out to affirm the show, to spread the word about it. Thank you. All right, you guys, God bless you and keep you. 